Hey everybody and welcome to the Paychex Business Series podcast. This is Gene Marks. Thanks for joining us today. We are talking to, or I am gonna be talking to, Joe Wall. Joe is the Managing Director of Government Affairs at Goldman Sachs, but more importantly, at Goldman Sachs, he is the National Director of the 10,000 Small Businesses Program. Joe is managing a program, these 10,000 Small Businesses Program, which has been around for a few years now, which really serves to educate small businesses about how to better run their businesses. It is a really great philanthropic program that has impacted tens of thousands of small businesses and, and could impact yours as well. And I think it's a program that you really want to hear about because it might be something you want to be involved with. So Joe Wall is here. Uh, he has joined me today. Joe, you know, his, his official title, Managing Director of Government Affairs at Goldman Sachs, but he's the National Director of 10,000 Small Business Voices at uh, Goldman Sachs. Uh, Joe, welcome to uh, the program. I'm really glad to have you on. So first of all, just please uh, tell us about 10,000 Small Business Voices. What exactly is it? Sure. And, uh, and thank you for having me on today. So uh, Goldman Sachs launched uh, 10,000 small businesses about 11 years ago. So it is sort of our core domestic philanthropic initiative that provides education, capital, and support services to small businesses. So we deliver you know, a 10-week, a lot of people sort of think of it as kind of a mini MBA uh, education curriculum that is 100 hours of coursework. Uh, at community colleges across the U.S., um, and that's you know dating back to 2010 when we we launched the program. So we now have you know just over 10,000 graduates from all 50 states uh, that have completed the program, uh, and we announced last November that we were going to you know double our commitment to 20,000. Uh, so we're going to be um, you know going forward with the program for um, I'm sure the uh, the long future ahead. 10,000 Small Businesses Voices was launched last April as a complement to the program. So it is an advocacy platform for program participants. So anybody who goes through 10,000 Small Businesses is part of our advocacy platform. We saw over time, just in terms of feedback from our small business owners, that you know they wanted to be more and more engaged in policymaking, but they didn't really feel like they had a voice in the process. In fact, you know we've surveyed the question sort of repeatedly over the last couple of years, and you know most recently in November of last year when we asked the question, only nine percent felt like they had a really strong voice in the policymaking process, which is obviously a um, a pretty paltry number and, and one that we're trying to. Um, hopefully increase over time. But um, obviously the timing of launching it in April was consequential. We had planned to launch it anyway, but we sort of accelerated our launch as a result of the pandemic and realizing that, you know, small businesses were in, you know, severe need of help, um, you know, when it came to advocating for their needs in, in front of their elected officials, um, you know, in part of the pandemic. Yeah, you know, it's, first of all, it's a wonderful program. I've been aware of it for a few years now, and I, you guys are doing a great you know, great stuff. I, mean, I have I, I have a bunch of questions about it. For starters, um, you know, when I think of Goldman Sachs, I think of Wall Street, investment banking, big corporations, mergers and acquisitions. You know that you know that's like sort of the what comes to mind. I don't think small businesses. I certainly don't think mom and pops or anything like that. Why is Goldman Sachs and what you know, what was the decision behind doing this? Well, I think the decision was uh, you know around the fact that. You know, small businesses are, you know, the, the core of our economy and they are the fabric of our communities. And, you know, I think a lot of corporations think long and hard about how they want to give back. And I think, you know, our view was that the most impactful way we could give back um, was to support the small business community just because they have, 
such an incredible impact, not only to the to their employees that they that they support, uh, but also their communities. And you know, we actually are the first you know kind of big philanthropic program we launched a few years prior to the launch of Ten Thousand Small Businesses was Ten Thousand Women. Uh, which is largely an international program, but the the genesis behind that was we thought you know, the best investment in the underserved sort of world was in women, uh, and that was where we could see the biggest return on our investment, and that's ended up being you know an incredibly successful program. And so, ten thousand small businesses, you know, quite similarly has been you know an incredible success. You know, we we as a you know financial institution naturally measure them consistently um, in, in the thirty months after they leave the program. Uh, and we know, you know, within just six months of them leaving, you know, two thirds report that they have increased revenue, just over half um, roughly say that they've added jobs um, oh. just within a six month time span. So, you know, it's something we're obviously very proud of. And I think we also felt like given our pedigree as an investment bank, you know, we also had a lot to offer in terms of mentoring them and sort of helping them think about um, you know, ways that they can improve their business. And also, you know, the big sort of takeaway when someone graduates from 10,000 small businesses, is they come up with a growth plan. And, uh, you know, I hear time and time again from businesses, they're like, you know, my growth plan resulted in me opening two new locations of my bakery, or I ended up, you know, diving into another side of the business as a result of my growth plan. So I think it's something that's, um, you know, we're obviously very proud of and um, sure. we look forward to continuing. Yeah, you've got a good reason to be. And, you know, it's funny, you know, my misperception of this program is that it's like, a, you know, it's a financing program. It's yet another, you know, big company giving grants to small businesses, you know, in return for PR, basically, you know, but it, it's really not that this isn't this is a, you know, a straight out educational program, right? Correct. Yeah. So it's sort of bucket one is you go through that 10 week education program. There's a separate component to it which is capital that, that businesses can apply through. So we, okay. we provide our capital through CDFIs and have so for you know, the last decade. So those are two separate distinct. So just because you go through education doesn't mean you get capital and you can get capital without going through education. But when we speak about the 10,000, that refers to the education component. Got it. And about how many of those that go through the education component wind up getting capital or, or financing assistance? It's not as many as I think we thought when we launched the program. And that's largely because, you know, most of them, again, I would say this is pre-pandemic um, as a result of going through the program and learning about, you know, one of the, the, the parts of the curriculum that, um, that I think a lot of them really take away is how do you adequately access capital? Right. Uh, and unfortunately, and I'll get to this data in a second, I think the world has sort of changed post-pandemic, but you know, they, they exit the program being much more, you know, we call it bankable, but much more easy. Um, they, they seem to have a much more fluid pathway to, to accessing both traditional financing and also, you know, learning about programs, both at the state and local level and federal level that they can also access. I'm a CPA and it amazes me how often I you know, talk to clients and other business owners, people that start up businesses or even been running businesses for a few years that really don't have their arms around like sort of the basics of you know, running a business you know, financially. They don't, they have no accounting or financial background or they don't understand how to read a P&L or even know what a general ledger is, uh, let alone like basic cash flow, you know, you know things that you should be doing. And, and I'm assuming, you know, the 10,000 small businesses program is teaching them that kind of stuff, right? 
Oh, absolutely. That's, that's, you know, kind of the core of the program is sort of helping them, you know, get their arms around and improve, you know, not only their accounting, but also their kind of forward projections. And as I mentioned before, coming up with a real growth plan, whether that's they want to add two employees or they want to open up two more stores or they want to continue to get bigger and bigger. You know, a lot of businesses are you know, totally, um, you know, content with where they are and just want to be able to, you know, have better financial health. Other sure. businesses, you know, naturally have, have, you know, big ambition and want to open up, you know, multiple locations. So it obviously, it, it, it you know, it's a total variety, but that is kind of the core of, of the program. Got it. And the people, the people teaching these classes are not Goldman Sachs people. They're at, like, I'm in Philly, Joe. So I, I know the Community College of Philadelphia participates in this program. So you take advantage of the resources of the community colleges, correct? Yeah. So, so Babson College, which uh, is located in Wellesley, Massachusetts, which, um, you know, is known as sort of the, the best of the best when it comes to entrepreneurial education, is the ones who actually they designed our curriculum. Hmm. Uh, and Babson oversees the curriculum. So what, what will happen is when we go to a new community college, Babson will teach the first round of the class. So the 10-week curriculum is Babson. But meanwhile, the community college faculty are observing and learning the curriculum and sort of, you know, beginning to teach it. And then the, the second class in that location, it's the community college uh, faculty teaching it. So over time, the community college sort of takes it over. Right. But all the while, Babson is sort of overseeing the integrity of the, of the program and making sure that the, uh, the curriculum is, is taught you know, across the board, because we're at, you know, about 18 community college locations scattered across the U.S. And then we also have a national program. So for instance, I'm from Omaha, Nebraska, originally, there's not an Omaha site. Right. Um, and if you're in Omaha, and you're like, gosh, I really want to go through this program, you can, um, but you would go through our national program, which is actually housed um, at Babson College. So you go, it's a mixed learning dynamic, but you basically go in person kind of for the first week of the curriculum mm -hmm. and you're online and working, you know, um, with, within small groups of your cohort. And then you come back to Babson on the back end for a week. Um, Got it. So we, that's the, our mechanism of now, you know, over time, we've, we've now have small business centers in all 50 states as a result of the national effort. So this is, it's a 10 week course. What kind of commitment would I be making if I sign up for it? hundred hours. 100 hours and that's classroom as well as uh, like uh, out of class work exactly it's an intense commitment and you know yeah. during the interview process which we take very seriously um you know a lot of businesses are just like you know what i got a, my, my child's getting married or i have a nephew getting married or i've got summer vacation and they have to say you know what i we just don't think we can make the commitment right now but we'd love to go you know during your next scheduled class perhaps at the beginning of the next year Right. So we have a lot of businesses. I mean, it is a big commitment, but we're, we're also proud that, you know, of the folks that, that get admitted to the program, you know, about 98 and a half percent end up completing it. So we, we have a really high graduation. The other, you know, really cool stat that we love to brag about is that 88% of businesses that go through the program end up doing business with one another huh. in, in some way, shape or form, which so it, it really speaks to kind of the community and the fabric. Of what's been created. You know, it's funny when you see a program like this that's put on by um, a private, you know, business like Goldman Sachs versus academia. Not not to knock on academia, but 
the goal of this program is not to get some kind of a certificate at the end or, you know, or a degree. Um, the goal of this program is to actually learn the stuff that you need to learn to run the business, you know? Um, whereas like, you know, you take a class in a, in a typical academic you know, environment, it's just sort of all about getting, I don't know, the certificate or the degree at the end of it with not as much practical experience. Joe, like what's the demographic of the business that you see? Like, for example, I have clients that own, that, that you know, mom and pops, but I also have a lot of clients in my practice that are like, B2B companies. Some of them are as many as they could have 100 or 150 employees. Some of them have, you know, 10 or 20 employees. Some of them have been in business for a few years. Others have been in their family owned businesses. They've been in business for a couple generations, you know? So does the program apply to them all? Is there a, is there a specific demographic that you've been seeing among the business people that sign up for this? It's really all of the above, um, you know, kind of everything you just outlined. Um, that's sort of the composition of what we have. I mean, it's a wide variety of, you know, every sort of industry and type of business that you can, you know, you can sort of fathom as uh, has graduated from the program. The median employee since the pandemic, so dating back to last March, we've done seven surveys or like every two months, we basically do a survey. Right. And, you know, we've been measuring them in terms of where they are. And, you know, we ask, you know, about 55 to 60 questions in every survey and, and they vary a little bit, but naturally one question asks is what's your median employee number or what's your current employee number? And then we get the median. So we know it's very consistently right around 10 is the median employee right. number. So they are true small businesses. You know, there are some that are, have grown over time and are in the, you know, are, are in the much bigger scale, but for most of them, they are kind of the, the, on the very small end and are, you know, the businesses that you would see you know, when you're driving through town, whether it's the accounting firm, the bakery, the coffee shop, the dry cleaner, it's a wide variety. The 10,000 Small Business Voices program kind of surprises me a little bit, mainly because, you know, you just said at the beginning of this interview that, um, you know, business, a lot of the business owners, like they, they need somebody to represent them, you know, as an advocate. And uh, I don't, it just seems like there's so many different advocacy groups out there. There, there are a lot of nonprofit groups that that represents small businesses. There's, you know, the U.S. Chamber, the National Federation of Independent Business, and then there's industry associations. I mean, pretty much every one of my clients, you know, belongs to their industry group, you know, and those industry associations advocate for their members, you know, both with the, both both local and and federal. So I'm curious why you still felt the need, and you still heard that there was this need to to start up the Voices program. Yeah. So, I mean, we did, uh, you know, we're, we're in the data business. So we did a ton of data work in terms of, of really gauging whether or not it was necessary. And, you know, a couple of things, you know, kind of stood out to us. Number one, you know, when we ask our population, do you belong to a trade association, chamber of commerce, rotary, any kind of group that would fall into that bucket, it's like less than 25%. That's amazing. That's yeah. Amazing. So I, I think, you know, there's, there's obviously, you know, and I sit in Washington, DC. So my perception of, of reality is often off, but I'm, you know, was once from the Midwest. And so I've got a little bit of bearing, but <laughs> I do think there is just been over time. And this is just my own observation, just based mm -hmm. on the data, there's a lot of perhaps the, the next generation of business owners just aren't joining trade associations or groups like they used to 20, 25 years ago. I got to interrupt you there and say, you know, it's funny, I, I'm in agreement in that case. I mean, I'm thinking, I do a lot of speaking at these trade associations all throughout the year. And um, 
I got to tell you, when I go out and I speak, I'm, I'm pretty much speaking to like a room full of men in their 50s and 60s. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're hard, it's they're never really a diverse group, and and they definitely trend older than younger. So that's it. Why do you suppose that is? Why aren't don't why don't the younger people realize the the importance of their trade association? You think it's a money thing, or is there another reason? You know, we haven't dug into it, so I you know I don't have data that sort of um, yeah. speaks to it. But I think part of it is yeah, it's part of it's the financial commitment, and and I think some of them, you know, just I, I can tell you what we do know from our data is that they're just very skeptical that from at least an advocacy perspective that it's going to make a lot of difference. I think it's like seven percent believe that you know elected officials prioritize small business over big business. So while right. everyone says, oh gosh, I love I love small business, at the end of the day, they don't feel like their voices are heard. Right. And so, you know, we, we also tracked, you know, if you look back at the 11 Democratic primary debates, and then we had two presidential debates plus a vice presidential debate, you know, so you add all that up, that's countless hours of debate time over the last two years. Yeah. How much, how much time is spent on how small many business. small business mentions there were? <laughs> Not a lot. Two. Not a lot. two. Right. Yeah. No, it's it, it is it's very true. Um, you know, and again, I'm as somebody in the media who covers small business. Um, it really the, the only time it, there's interest is when there's something really bad that's going on, like the pandemic, and then you know that interest kind of wanes. So I think that is true. But don't you think that it, it's beneficial for somebody to belong to an in, you know their industry association? I mean, when I, when my clients leave the office, if they have to get on a plane and go somewhere. Yeah, it's generally to like their their annual industry conference. You know what I mean? Because you know they're they're not only networking and getting education, but they're they're around people that's in the same business as them. Do you know what I mean? That's you know that's one of the the value points of our program is that it ends up at these classes. And by the way, our classes are pretty small, so it's usually around thirty to thirty five small businesses per class. So. Right. They get to know each other um, because they're spending here at the Des Moines Area Community College in our cohort there, you're spending 100 hours with those 30 people. So right. you're naturally going to get to know them well, and they become you know, an incredible resource to you in terms of bouncing ideas off, talking about problems you're having in business, whether it could be with employees or your balance sheet. But they end up being, you know, sort of a therapeutic resource just in terms of, of helping you navigate some challenges that other, you know, that whether it's your family or friends just don't understand, right? Because they're not in the business. That's right. Um, yeah. And so I think, yeah, there's, there's obviously a lot of value into having a support system. And I think in particular within, you know, within your industry, right? Because that's, that's something you can probably learn a lot from. But I think over time, you know, there's just so many resources like i just joined you know and i haven't like really used it yet but clubhouse i don't know if you've joined clubhouse yet like you could join a clubhouse chat with like restaurant owners and probably learn a lot that's totally free and that just like with with modern technology a lot of i think a lot of people just decide to deploy to some of these like very free and amazing options that are now available just um just because we've we've advanced so much over the last 20 25 years and Clubhouse is particularly good because I believe you know, you can you can create your own group, but you've got you've got to be invited to join the conversation, correct? You do, yeah. Yeah, and that's what makes it particular, you know, particularly good for a lot of you know business owners. Um, so it's not like just anybody can you know can come. You know, another question on the education program, um, and then I, I do want to get you know some of your thoughts on on overall on the economy with small businesses. But 
you know, we're, we have been talking about industry and I know one question I would be asking is if I'm going to go and sign up for the 10,000 small business program and I'm going to sit in a classroom, you know, or, or, or spend a hundred hours of my time, you know, Hey man, I'm in, I'm a retailer, you know, I, what will be specific to my business? You know, everybody is, you know, everybody is sort of pigeonholed into their industry that they're in. And a lot of businesses have this uh, perception that, they're so their industry is so unique or their business is so unique so how could they get value from a from a, a program like 10,000 small businesses that's going to be more generic you know how would you respond to that question well i mean i think the, the curriculum is diverse right so you're going to learn a wide variety so it's everything from the balance sheet accounting marketing how to you know think about the you know the new digital world right and right. how to more market effectively to your customers right so that could be useful if you're a dentist or a retailer or an accounting firm. I mean, it could all use probably a, a, an upgrade in our digital skills. Um, sure. But you're going to come away, I think, with a fresh set of skill sets across the board. And we've had, you know, we've actually had quite a few business owners that have gotten MBAs that end up saying after, like, wow, well, you know, in hindsight, this was just so much more practical because yeah. when, you go, when you get your MBA, you're doing case studies of other companies. When you go through 10,000 small businesses, the case study is your own business. Well, that was, that was my point from earlier about getting a certificate or a degree versus actually getting real life meat and potatoes knowledge for running your business. That's the kind of education you're getting, right? With 10,000 exactly. small businesses. Um, I think the, the 10,000 small business program is one of those programs that I do think that a lot of businesses in the low to moderate income areas need to be more aware of because it's, it will provide to them the education that they need to not only better run their business, but to also understand all the availabilities of capital that's out there. And frankly, you know, Joe, give, give business owners in those areas the confidence um, because the money is out there. And there are so many organizations that are, that are looking to lend money and provide help to businesses in low to moderate income areas. But you know, they just can't drop bags of money off on their doorsteps. They, you know, you got to hear from them. And I think programs like what you guys are doing at Goldman Sachs will, you know, would, would really be a big help to businesses in those areas. Joe, where do I sign up if I want to join, if I, if I want to apply for the 10,000 small business program? Yeah. So if you just, um, you know, if you just go to our website, gs.com uh, under citizenship, which is just one of the top, um, you know, sort of menu options you can see is our 10,000 small businesses program. The application page is, is right there. So it's okay. pretty simple or, you know, much more even simple than going to our website and doing it is just Google Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business application and it'll be the first item that, that pops up. Fantastic. Joe, great information. Thank you. And great. Thank you for all the great work that you're doing. How, how many years you've been doing this with uh, with with this program? Well, I've been at the firm 11 years, so I sit uh, in government affairs. So I've largely just been involved in sort of, you know, creating the advocacy platform over the last few years. So. Um, I've been at Goldman for, you know, north of a decade, but I've really only been, you know, dug into the program probably for the last, you know, three and a half years or so. Fantastic. Well, you're doing great work. And, um, you know, I, I hope that the program continues on and continues to succeed. It's uh, that kind of education is just really where it's at for small businesses. And it's really putting your money where your mouth is. So thank you. Joe Wall is the Managing Director of Government Affairs at Goldman Sachs, and he's the National Director of 10,000 Small Business and 10,000 Small Business Voices. Uh, program, which is a new advocacy program for small businesses that belong to or have participated in the 10,000 Small Businesses Program. Joe, uh, thank you again for your time. 
My name is Gene Marks. You've been listening to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. If you'd like more help and advice for running your business, join us or visit us at paychecks.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Again, thank you for your time, everyone, and we will see you next time. This podcast is property of Paychecks Inc. 2021. All rights reserved.